Welcome back to the Cubs Win Podcast. We are back for the preseason episode. So we got a lot to go over in this one. Spring training, who was hot and who wasn't. Some minor moves and a major move. Prospects and our season predictions. Yep, it's all very exciting. Day before opening day, night before opening day, opening day eve. Yes, opening day eve. So we'll hop right in here with spring training. The Cubs went 17 and 12, so that was very nice. Mm-hmm. Glad to see them go over 500 at least something. Yeah, unfortunately, there is no guarantee that that performance continues into next year, but. I mean, into the season, but um, it was nice. Seventeen and twelve, winning. Winning is always nice, no matter when you do it. Yeah, so we're hoping it carries over into the regular season. Um, but we'll get to that near the end of the episode. So, like I said, we're gonna start out here with who was hot and who wasn't in spring training. So. Starting out with Hart, one we can talk about. Jamison Tyone, new acquisition for the Cubs. He pitched 18 innings, had 23 strikeouts to zero walks. That is quite a stat line there. Yes, quite encouraging for the uh, – we mentioned this in the last episode, but, yeah, quite encouraging because of, you know, the deal, the lengthy deal that we gave him over the winter. I'll likely be seeing him um, pitch – on Sunday, going to the game on Sunday against Milwaukee. So I'll, I'll be seeing him pitch. So hopefully he keeps that up, to mm-hmm. say the least. Yeah, let's hope he keeps it up. Um, let's see. Who else was hot? We got Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Trey Mancini. Just yeah, Trey Mancini. Fire during spring training. I think he was hitting like 400, over 400 for a good chunk of spring training. I'm not sure if he maintained it, but uh, he was just ripping the cover off the ball. His partner yeah, in crime, Eric Hosmer, was not doing the same, but you can only expect so much with Eric Hosmer. So, yeah, yeah that was hopefully good. Hopefully, his short last, but. Hopefully, Morris can get up there soon if he keeps working in the minors, which we presume he's going to be doing. So, he should be up there in no time. Um, so, yeah, Wisdom, Morrell did good, although Morrell was sent down. So, we don't know when he'll be up. They thought that he would benefit in his development from getting everyday opportunities rather than being a bench player in Chicago. Which I kind of agree with, but you know, bench players can also be pretty important in the major leagues at times. I guess not as much now since the DH is universal, but sometimes. Uh, Jan Gomes somehow was doing great. <laughs> that was something I wasn't expecting. Christopher Morrell and Edwin Rios were also raking, as well as Luis Torrens, 
who made the opening day roster. Yeah, the Cubs are carrying uh, three catchers again. There's actually been a three-catcher team um, uh, over the years pretty often. Hopefully, hopefully Terenz doesn't make or doesn't play behind the plate, though, because he is horrendous defensively. So hopefully he just stays as a DH. Uh, Uh, Madrigal and Bodie were also really hot. Um, they were hot at the beginning, and then uh, they kind of regressed to the mean. So, Madrigal didn't look that bad at third. But um, I'd be lying if I said I was fully confident with him over there. I would much rather have uh, Rios or, you know, Wisdom. Wisdom has a good arm. I know his defense is kind of meh. But, um, you know, obviously Morel, he was okay over there too. But, you know, I don't know. I guess there's really no good option at third right now. Yeah, for the time being, at least. Uh, it's, it's, it's really one of the only areas on the team where they, uh, where there is a bit of a glaring hole. I mean, the, the front office over the winter did a good job filling all the glaring holes on the roster from last year. There's no black hole at third base. They got shortstop and second figured out with Nico and Swanson and uh, behind the plate, it's, you know, not not a lot of slugging behind the plate, but defense seems to be good. But third base is probably going to be a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Cody Bellinger ended up doing solid with a 761 OPS. And the main takeaway here, he had as many walks and homers combined as he did strikeouts. Oh, that's good. So eight. He had five walks, three homers, and eight, and strikeouts. eight strikeouts. Okay. So good stuff. Hopefully you can bounce. That's back. good. We'll yeah, if he can hit like, later. yeah, if he can just hit like two fifty, the solid on base percentage, and hit, I don't know, twenty home runs, that'll be really nice. That would be a big boost. Not asking for an MVP season. Just give us like, mm-hmm. I don't know, something solid. It's got to be better. That's another thing that they did a good job filling during the offseason. No black hole in center field. Bellinger isn't the best, but it's better than having Rafael Ortega out there. Oh, man. Can't go back to those days. Yeah, I know. Um, Now, who was not hot this spring training? Well, a few people. Where's he at? Adrian uh, Sampson was awful, thankfully. Thankfully, I was because... scared that he was gonna somehow get the fifth rotation spot, but he shot. I bet, I bet if he hadn't been as bad as he was, he would have gotten it. I bet, like, yeah. Ross would have been like, oh no, he's a veteran and we need him. And it's just <laughs> like he had to be just as bad as he was, no worse and no better to be. Mm-hmm. For Wesneski to actually get the spot, not that Wesneski didn't do well, but Wesneski did such great. A, yeah, Wesneski was awesome. You know, he had a um, he was fantastic. I think he gave up. I wrote it down. So I had it in one of my posts. I think he gave up maybe two earned runs uh, mm-hmm. in the spring starts. His, his last or start seventeen innings. Best, but... Yeah, and he struck out twenty-two, so he was awesome. But it's it would it would have just been such a David Ross move to say like, nope, 
but uh, Samson's the starter. Wesneski's going to AAA. So I'm very glad that he was as bad as he was. He'll be nice depth this year, but I'm not sure how he's been getting the results he's gotten the last few years. Luckily, we don't have to see it again. Drew Smiley was also not very good. Hopefully, he can just be average in the fourth spot in rotation. That's all we really need him to be. Yeah. Wesneski is the, – uh, the order of the rotation is interesting here because uh, technically Wesneski is going to be the fifth starter, but he's going to pitch probably more like a third or fourth starter. Um, I don't think yeah. there's any way that he's worse than Smiley. Not, Not at that all. Smiley is bad, but, you know, it seems like Wes Nesky is destined for bigger and better things than Drew Smiley. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, lastly, Dansby was not very hot this spring, although we mm-hmm. did have a good last couple, two or three games. He hit two homers in his final two games, and I think the game before he had a few nice defensive plays. Yep. So uh, I guess he's up at the better. right time entering this uh, season. Yeah. I, I read that he's more of a slow starter, and he heats up when the weather gets warmer. So I guess he's kind of like Rizzo. Um, yeah. But um, – yeah, it was stupid. He had, like, one hit majority of spring training, and it was a bloop single. And I kept reading and seeing articles that said, like, is it time to worry about Dansby Swanson? And no, it's not. It's just spring training. Everyone calm down. We don't need to get all worried. <laughs> you know, and... But, yeah, it would have been nice if he had had a better spring. But then he hit the two homers at the end, so maybe he's... Maybe he's turning it around a little bit. Maybe he was just going through the motions, trying to get warmed up. Um, yeah, he also, also both of those home runs came in high socks when the whole spring he had been doing the low pants. Yeah, he looks better Hopefully. in high socks. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, do we do we want to talk about the prospects that we saw in spring training? Uh, yeah, sure. We can go over not. Any uh, huge breakout prospects that just did unbelievably good, but uh, yeah, no one. Uh, but uh, no one in spring training besides Wesneski did, uh, you know, outstanding. But we did see Pico Armstrong make a few sensational catches in center field, and uh, he was also really quick on the base pass. I think he had a catch against the Dodgers that was really. Um, it was re- it was a highlight real play. I can't remember exactly uh, like what game it was or if they won or lost, but I remember he did well. Uh, we saw Brennan Davis, who's back to 100%. After his back injuries last year, he got a few hits. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we see him and, you know, we're going to see him in AAA. Hopefully he's solid there and gets back to that, not the top 20 prospect status he was at, but hopefully, you know, uh, is healthy, and then we can bring him up at some point because I think mm-hmm. we're going to need him. Yeah. We're going to say, but yeah. And then um, who else did we see? Uh, Casey we saw Kevin was solid. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Casey too. Casey and Alcantara. Uh, Casey, uh, did we talk about the World Baseball Classic last time we were on here? 
Nope, hadn't started then. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, Casey did have a very good WBC. He had a homer to dead center in Arizona with that, Team uh, Canada. That, that, yeah, and Pete Crow Armstrong and James Triantos were there to see it. Yes. Uh, Javier Assad had a nice World Baseball Classic as well. Indeed. And that maybe helped him earn a bullpen spot on the opening yeah, game roster. I, yeah, I think so. Other than that, I don't think anybody had that great. I was well, well, Stroman did good too. I forgot. Had a couple good starts there. Yeah, uh, he did well. Steele was had a fantastic final start. Steele was not in the World Baseball Classic. No, I know. I'm just saying with Spring. Stroman, oh. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot what we were talking about. Yes. Okay, yes. Stroman did very well in the World Baseball Classic. He also did well in spring training. Casey did well. He had a few mm-hmm. clutch hits. B.J. Murray also uh, had some good moments for Team Great Britain. Yeah, as which... well as uh, Matt Mervis. I guess he had a couple. Miles Mastribione. He had, he had a, like an a... RBI double, I think it was. He had a triple. Triple, bases loaded. So, yeah, triple. Suzuki was supposed to be playing, but he's hurt, obviously. So. Yes, his team won the championship. They honored him with his jersey out there, so that was nice. Yes, uh, about that. This will be very quick. Just want to talk about this. Say Suzuki before he went to the World Baseball Classic, obviously because Shohei Otani was going to be playing in it. You know, he was asked, you know, are you going to recruit? Shohei Otani to the Cubs next year, and Suzuki said, yeah, I've invited him to join the team, and, you know, it's just kind of a half-serious answer, but, yeah, he invited him. Then Suzuki gets hurt, and then uh, Lars Newbar, the Cardinals, is on Team Japan as well, and we get just a lot of time spent between Newbar and and uh, Otani, and Otani adopts Newbar's uh, pepper shaker home run celebration, and I, you know, obviously this doesn't mean anything, but you know the Cardinal fans are making me nervous. I mean, if well, Shohei Otani joins the St. Louis Cardinals, they won't shell out that kind of money for anybody. So I think yeah. we're good. There's like two teams that were gonna shell out that money: Dodgers and Mets. Yeah. So, uh, it's unfortunate, though. We got a I couple don't. minor. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, a couple of minor trades to go over here. Uh, we traded Esteban Kuros to the Phillies for cash. And Zach McKinstry, who was traded for Martin last year, has been traded to the Tigers for right-handed pitcher Carlos Guzman, who has a pretty nice breaking ball in a video I saw. So they may try to turn this guy into a solid bullpen arm, which has been their specialty over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, you know, Zach McKinstry was another one of the players. I'm just, I'm just thinking about this now. He was another guy that didn't have a great spring either. I think he had oh, a yeah. hitless spring. Uh, he had a few hits, but it was a very Toward bad end, spring. He had like an 0 for 26. Yeah. Um, over Master Bioni was solid, so he made yeah. the roster. Yeah, he's not special, so. but he had a less at bats because of the World Baseball Classic. But 
in the at bats in spring, he had like an 800 OPS, so good enough to make the team. I don't think he's gonna do that in the regular season. I think it's probably sub 700 OPS, but probably better than McKinstry. Yeah, McKinstry well, never think, settled in here, but I, I do think it's a good fit for the Tigers. Yeah, um, I think we'll get. Well, are we gonna do any predictions in here? Yeah, like season wide. predictions okay. for the Cubs. For the Cubs or for the everyone or just them? The Cubs in El Central. All right, all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, one more move before we get into or yeah, one more move before we get into prospects. Then we'll get to the predictions. So the thing we've all been waiting for for almost a year now. Months, I've been waiting four years for this. Well, for this specific person, at least. For anyone, yeah. Nico Horner got his extension. Three years, $35 million. I was expect. I was hoping for a longer extension, but this does buy out one year of free agency, which is nice. So after that contract expires, if he's still doing well, which I assume he will be, they will probably try to negotiate long-term. And honestly, for the value he was given here, I think he kind of undersold himself. But nothing wrong with a team-friendly contract that gives us more flexibility with the payroll to go out next year and well, the next three years to hopefully improve the team even more than we already have in these last two. Yes, I was so pleased that this happened. I have been just talking way too much about extensions and yes. the lack of extensions over the past year or so. And All the random I, nights of Cubs Legion complaining on a story about how nobody will get extended ever. I had I had moments. I've had a number of moments over the past year or so. I think it's just that just kind of being in between winning and tanking is getting to me. But, yeah, I I truly believed um, as spring training went on and we heard nothing and, uh, you know, except for the same generic stuff like, yeah, we're talking, but, um, you know, we're not going to tell you anything about it. I truly believed nothing was going to get done. And I really, you know, Ian Happ, we've talked about that. A lot of prospects coming up in the minor leagues. I get it. They want to give other guys a shot. Plus, he might be asking for way too much just because he's the union rep. Okay. At least understandable. Doesn't mean I wouldn't keep him, but I get it. But not extending Nico, I just, you know, especially after you have Swanson, I just thought, oh, come on, just lock up Nico. Like, then you have your your middle infield is set. You got a great foundation in place. And, yeah, I was so pleased that they did this. And I also wanted – I did. I did want that longer term deal. I was hoping for you know them to commit big, six years. You know, I don't know how much. Maybe six years, and uh, I'm trying to think. Like five ninety, I think is a deal I saw that I liked. Um, five years, ninety million. But um, you know, I was reading about it. Nico had a great year last year. We all know um what he can do on defense his bat really came around um in 2021 and 2022 uh it's important to remember that he did come up just about a year after he was drafted he got pulled up from double a 
at the end of 2019, after Javier Baez got hurt, the Cubs kind of had to uh, break glass in case of emergency. They brought him up, and he had that first pitch he saw at Wrigley was a homer. He had his name chanted out in San Diego, but he was still incredibly raw. So then the pandemic hit. So he was still kind of trying to find his way. Uh, in 21, uh, he was really good with the bat, but he dealt with injuries. And 2022 was actually, I think, the only season he's had where he's played um, over 50 games in the majors. So there might be some durability concerns with them. Also, yeah, so I guess I guess yeah. that's probably why they didn't go long term immediately yet, which does make sense. But you know, again, at least it does buy out one year of free agency. Yeah, um, I, I I think the deal was good. Uh, paid it uh, for those people that there are a lot of people that don't understand and say like, oh well, you know, technically it's only a one year extension, and no, that's just that's not how extensions work. So the deal bought out one year free agency, so they'll have an extra year to negotiate with Nico when that time comes, and he's still doing well, like we all hope and think that he will be. I think his biggest obstacle right now is probably just health. Um, but when that time comes, they'll have an extra year to uh, not only negotiate a long-term deal that will keep him in Chicago, you know, for, for the rest of his career and all that, but they also now have a very good relationship with Nico's camp and his agent because um, they just got this deal done. So it shows that, you know, if they did something before, it makes it that much more likely that they're going to get a long-term deal done when the time comes. It's not a sure thing, but it makes it that much more likely. And this deal, um, in addition to that extra year, it also secures Nico's uh, arbitration years. So I think uh, yeah. it was – I think I'll... it was that – well, here, I'll finish up talking then. Um, $15 million in his arbitration years, $20 million in his walk year. So that's how – the extension works. It guarantees him money. So yeah. So go ahead. I just wanted to explain that. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. It's technically a. It's technically a four-year deal because we already signed him in arbitration for this upcoming year, and the extension will kick in next year. So the Cubs have Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner at shortstop and second base for at least four more years. Yes, middle infield is set through 2026 at least. Yeah, things are going to be mighty different in 2026. I hope we're we're talking about, you know, being the reigning World Series champions by the time that year comes around and not sitting on here talking about how nothing has gone right since they won their previous World Series. Um, But, yeah, it was great. It was great. So happy that that got done. Ah. Yep. Thank God. It was. Yeah, I used to pray for times like this. Worry. Yeah. Right. All right. So enough of that. Good. 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 Uh, one more thing before we get to the predictions, we have both made top ten prospect lists, and we will just list those and compare. I'll go first. Number one, I had PCA, obviously. Number two, I put Kevin Alcantara. He is doing very well and is breaking out. Number three, Brennan Davis. You know, lower than number one, which he usually is, but 
Well, obviously the injury. I'm just coming back, so the potential's still there, but we just have to see. Matt Mervis, recent breakout, moving up the charts. We'll be up in Wrigley soon. Jordan Wicks will also might make his debut this year as well. Christian Hernandez at six, kind of lower, but he did not do as great last year, but the potential's still there again. Seven, Ben Brown, who we got for David Robinson. He might also debut this year or next year. Same with Owen Casey at number eight, although he might be one to two years away. And then nine and ten, recently drafted second-rounder Jackson Ferris and first-rounder Cade Horton. Yeah, so uh, the beauty of the Cubs system that we've talked about a lot on here uh, over the last year or so is a lot of new minor leaguers have come in and risen through the system is that there is really no right way to rank all these guys. You could make an argument. I think you have to have Pete Crow Armstrong first. Um, But after that, there's really an argument for like 15 guys all being in the top 10. So you kind of have to, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a, you know, you can't go wrong with the list. So I had uh, similar, I had uh, the same, I had Pete Crow Armstrong up top. I think, um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Michael Harris for the Braves. Great defense. Um, good bat. I think Armstrong actually will have a he's, – he's got more power than some people realize. I think he could hit 15 homers. Uh, he really yeah, tapped his power last year. I think his best comparison for floor at least – yeah, for floor would be 2022 Cody Bellinger. So that was what was it? A six fifty OPS and six or seven outs above average in center field. Yeah, and how many homers? Like twenty five. Oh, 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 I'm thinking of Swanson. Okay. Uh, yes. So uh, Armstrong at the top. I still have Brandon Davis number two, just because I still believe in him. Uh, he's further along than Kevin Alcantara, who have a number three. I think if yeah. Davis is healthy and can produce I think he'll be I think he still can be a key contributor at some point yeah he's got Um, one potential what do you mean like first number one prospect oh oh oh, yeah yeah no yeah he's got one potential and there was a reason that he was there um for a long Uh time before Armstrong had his fantastic season last year Kevin Alcantara as I mentioned is number three uh, this freak athlete, he's like six seven or six eight. He's uh, he can play the outfield. Um, he's got mammoth power. He could uh, he could hit thirty homers, um, and he's really primed for a breakout. He had a great he had a not a great year, not a year like Armstrong had, but he had a good year last year in Myrtle Beach, and a bit of a stint in South Bend, uh, high A. And he did really good, considering that that league is a pitcher's league. So now that he'll likely be in a high A again and maybe double A, depending on how things go, I think he could really be a uh, a guy to watch for this year. He could be a real breakout. Uh, Hayden Wesneski is number four. Just because Hayden Wesneski is awesome. 
and he's going to uh, help us this just, year. Just a note here, I didn't include Wisniewski because he will no longer be a rookie after about three, four, five starts. Yeah, but right now, he's awesome. And he's going yes. on the list. So he'll be he'll be gone at some point uh, yes. in the near future. Matt Mervis is number uh, five. He will hopefully be up relatively soon. They got Hosmer and Mancini uh, manning first base right now, but if Mervis can continue to be solid, just relatively solid in Iowa after his tremendous year last year, minor league player of the year, then um, he should come up and Hosmer will likely be gone because Mervis is left-handed. So hopefully Mervis is everything that the Cubs are missing right now, left-handed, power-hitting, first baseman. Um, that's a lot to put on someone that's still only – 24 or 25. Um, but, ho- yeah, uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the power that he could bring. Oh, someone that I forgot I don't have on the list is Canario. Yeah, Shoot. I moved him down to 11. Yeah. Just because oh, he's not going to be playing a whole lot. Man, this is so sad. I'll get to this in a minute. Um, Jordan Wicks I had at number six right after Matt Mervis. Wicks uh, – I see his ceiling being kind of a mid-rotation starter, almost like uh, Tyone. Um, I yeah. think that I think he's at Double A now, and he should have a. I think he should have a breakout season. I think he's got five pitches. Uh, I had Cade Horton at number seven, um, just because I've seen him in a lot of lists, and I'm not totally buying my own ranking here, though. Uh, it's just. When the Cubs drafted him, I remember I was kind of, you know, I kind of questioned it. Like, oh, okay, this guy was, you know, he, he had surgery and he wasn't so good in the regular season in college and in his final year. And then in the playoffs, he turned it on. Um, but he has yet to pitch for us. He's going to pitch this year. So I guess we'll see how he does. But I have him at seven just because that's why I've seen him on other lists. I know he can okay. throw hard. Um, I don't know that much about him, honestly. I just know that he has the potential to be really good. Yeah. But he he doesn't have a track record yet, so. Uh, right after Horton, I had Owen Casey, who I really, really believe could be someone special on offense. The defense is solid. It's average. But um, I think Owen Casey could be, like, that. like, I, I don't have a comparison, but I feel like he could be that guy that, you just do not want to face just because they're such a good hitter. Like he's got the raw power. We saw it in the world baseball classic. We see his ability to really go the other way with authority. But um, I think that he's got as much offensive upside as anyone in the system right now. I think the bat is really uh, the bat should play. He needs to hit left-handed pitching a bit better. He only had two home runs last year against left-handers, but uh yeah, he he should uh, he should be probably at Double A this year. He started off real slow last year, but um, uh, he put he put together a really nice season after that as the weather warmed up. So I think he'll be at Double A with Armstrong this season. And after this, I have two pitchers: uh, Jackson Ferris, who the Cubs grabbed in the second round last year, and uh, that was he was considered to be a first round pick. So the Cubs almost got two first round picks last year and then I have Ben Brown who they acquired from the Phillies 
um, okay. last season. And I think Brown will also be a double A. So, so no yeah. Christian Hernandez? No, no Christian Hernandez. Christian Hernandez was one of my favorite prospects for a long time, but he struggled. And then Armstrong was did just fantastic last year, and there's just so much to like. So, I mean – Brennan Davis will probably be up at some point this season unless he really struggles. Wesneski and Mervis should come up. Uh, Wesneski's already here, but Mervis should come up at some point. So Christian Hernandez could be there. Like, before you know it, midseason rankings could look totally different, but he did struggle a little bit last year, and he'll be in Myrtle Beach. So, um that's true. Yeah, it's just, just you know, I'm you're dealing with like 15 names here. It's impossible yeah. to rank these guys. That's um, incredible depth. Yeah, they're the only thing that this system is truly missing is that, you know, Chris Bryant player, and you know, Chris Bryant isn't going to come along every year, so that's a bit of a stretch. But they're missing that that one guy that's like, yeah, that's the future star. That's the guy that's either going to be at the front of the rotation or he's going to be in the middle of the lineup. And honestly, if I had to pick right now, I'd say Kevin Alcantara could be that guy just from the tools that we've seen, the power, the athleticism, the build. I think that he could be that next uh, really good power hitter. Or it could, yeah, be he's... Or it could be anybody on here. It could be Casey. It just depends. Yeah, I do think Canario will probably be the future DH, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, Canario is such a sad story. Yeah. You, I, I think I saw someone, uh, baseball prospectus, compared him to Andy Pages, and that's just so sad. Andy Pages is their, or maybe it was Fangraphs. Andy Pages is their 58th ranked prospect in baseball. So the Cubs could have five top 100 prospects. I know Wesneski isn't on there, but. Oh, it's just such a shame. They could have Mervis and Canario both preparing to, you know, come to Wrigley this year after hitting over 35 homers last season. And they were both at AAA. And then, of course, Canario just had to go play in Winter League. That's that's just crushing. Man, I was hopefully looking he forward can, to seeing him. Hopefully he can be up midway through 2024. I think that's probably... Yeah. realistic place for a realistic time for him to come up. Honestly, I'm just hoping that when he comes back, he's able to regain form and be uh, the same prospect again because, I mean, you're talking about two serious injuries, and he seems to be recovering pretty well. Um, he, he, you know, he dislocated his shoulder and he – uh, fractured his ankle running to, four, to first base. Fractured his ankle on the base, dislocated his soldier falling uh, so, shoulder. I can't talk. Falling down uh, in the same place. So and he had to get surgery on both. So, oh man, it's, just, it's a it's killer. He could have really been a lot of fun uh, all, at Wrigley, but also you know who knows? Maybe the Cubs would have. Uh, Dealt him away this winter. Maybe I don't know. He would have been a good trade chip too. He would have been interesting. So uh, anyway. Uh, well, I guess that concludes our prospect talk. So now we can get into the main part of this episode: the season predictions for the Cubs. So we'll just run down this list of 
awards, predictions, whatever it is. And we'll start with team record. I had us going 82 and 80, finishing second in the NL Central with no playoffs. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. I had uh, pull up my predictions here real quick, actually. I had scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. All right. I had 82 and 80, third place, no playoffs, finishing behind the Brewers and the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will win 90 and the Brewers will win 86. So they won't be a huge third place finish. They won't be that far behind, but yeah, should be right around 500 for most of the year. I yep. think the Cy Young. I think our Cy Young, Marcus Stroman, I think he'll probably be our best pitcher. I didn't want to repeat with any of these guys, so, you know. Yeah, I maybe had, it's, uh, it's probably not going to be Stroman, but who knows. I had Wesneski as the Cy Young. Yeah, I had Wesneski as our breakout um, just because rookie figured that, you know, he could be awesome. Uh, MVP, I, I, had, uh, I had the pick between Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, and Nico Horner, and I ultimately went with Nico just because Suzuki is hurt right now. Um, he is dealing with an oblique injury. He seems to be coming back pretty quickly from it, so he should be back sometime in April. But um, he's hard to project, and then Hap, we'll see. Um, if he can do what he did last year, I think he'll probably be our MVP, but I, have, I really like Nico, and I think he'll be building on 2022. Uh, so I had him as our MVP, Wesneski as the breakout, relief pitcher of the year, Keegan Thompson. Um, he's just the most – I think he's probably the most dangerous middle innings reliever right now in baseball. He was just filthy last season. So he's dealing with some uh, velocity problems right now. He was maybe a tick or two under where he was last year, but uh, they uh, didn't allow a run the entire spring training. So – that's pretty good. Um, comeback player of the year, I had Cody Bellinger. Um, I didn't really have a great candidate for comeback player of the year, but Bellinger seemed like the best bet. Yeah. Was, you know, we're talking about a former MVP and rookie of the year, and I just can't write that off. So uh, biggest right. progression, I said Dansby Swanson, because Swanson's coming off a career year, and I think – uh, 116 WRC plus might be a little high. I think he'll probably have a similar to Nico season, you know, 107. Uh, I think he'll definitely have more homers. I think he had 25 last year, so I think 20 is probably a good uh, ballpark number. So, yeah. Yeah, I had Dansby as our MVP. So. Oh, really? Yeah, see, that would be nice. Dansby is the MVP. Great. I mean, you know, he's going from that long wall left in Atlanta to Hitters Park and Wrigley Field, so I think it's quite possible he can keep up a 770 OPS. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um, I think I remember seeing a stat that said uh, if he had been playing in Wrigley, he might have hit 30. Probably. Yeah, so he's got good power. Uh, all around hitting, not not uh, 
maybe not the best all around hitter. I've heard uh I've read that he can be really a streaky. He'll be really good for a month, then he'll be hot and cold for the rest of the season, but that's okay. Um I just don't I just thought like, you know, coming off a career season you might see some aggression, but it would be great if you could repeat that. I'd be that'd go a long way to a playoff berth or something. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think we'll make the playoffs this year, but I think we can get in next year in the wild card. Well, what do you think the uh, what do you think the best case scenario for this year is? Like everything goes right, you know. Dansby builds on his season. Nico builds on twenty two. Stroman is actually really you know Stroman is awesome. Everyone has a career year basically. Like best case scenario, what do you think? Probably 87 wins and a wild card spot. Second place? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say like 88 wins, wild card mm-hmm. uh, exit. That seems about right. That'd be yeah, great, maybe. too. You know, I think if the Cubs, for the Cubs to be in a really good position heading into 2024, and if they want to be a playoff team, I think they need to win at least 82 games. They need to break the 80 win threshold. Yeah, um, if we cannot get 80 wins this year, then there's a serious problem. Yeah, it will have I've to seen take a lot some of restructuring of coaches, front office, whatever. Yeah, I've seen a few, a lot of predictions say that we're going to win seventy six to seventy nine games, but I don't think a lot of these computer models are um, taking yeah. into account our pitching depth, which I think a lot of people are underrating. And I think it was because of our record last season that nobody realized it. The Cubs' pitching is very good. It's not going to win Cy Young. It's not the Dodgers, but, you know, uh, the Cubs have a good rotation, solid starters. Um, They got no true ace, but Stroman, Tyone, Steele, uh, Wesneski, and uh, Smiley, those guys are all solid or serviceable at the worst. And then you have, you know, you have great depth behind those guys. You got Elzelay and Asad and Samson and – uh, I feel like I'm missing a guy. Um, prospects haven't been caught up yet. Yeah, prospects. Sure. We uh, the Cubs have and like a plethora of arms in their system. It's actually like they have too much pitching. Uh, they are right. having they are having actually a hard time uh, fitting all these arms into the system. They have uh, I think it was Cam Sanders in spring training, right? That was the guy that was really. Nasty during the spring. Yeah. Out of the bullpen. Yeah, they have him. They have just a ton of guys that I can't even name right now. And then they had, like, all the way down to double A, you know, Ben Brown, DJ Hurst, Jordan Wicks. These guys are all coming up. You got Luis Devers, probably an A ball. They got tons of pitching depth. And that is really, like, how you stay contending for a long time, which I've talked about, so I'm not going to go into that. Um, And also – one more thing about the pitching depth. Uh, the, the Cubs are going to be the next 12 months and into the next offseason as prospects come up. And, you know, hopefully Armstrong is ready and, you know, these guys are good and ready to go. And the time next year comes along, we're starting to see the farm system deliver um, at the big league level. 
over the next 12 months, the Cubs should probably will probably be looking for uh, an ace and a big bat. And the free agent market is thin on the hitting side. I'm not sure who we'd trade for, but they'd have a lot of arms. And arms are like gold uh, in Major League Baseball. So they should really use that pool that they have, that collection of young arms that they have in the system and throughout the organization and deal some of those guys away to get a hitter. I think that'd be a great idea. Really get a big thumper in the middle of the lineup. I don't know who it would be. I'm just saying I think they need to make a trade at some point. Some options, but we'll get into that around trade deadline day. Not that it'll happen at the deadline, but just as a future outlook. Yeah, I I can't think of anyone right now. But I'll I'll just uh I'll run through the rest of my awards here. Um rookie of the year, Matt Mervis, reliever of the year. I had Jeremiah Estrada, who has a very nice mm-hmm. fastball and a great slider. It's good pick. Cool to see him. He's got a yeah. special fastball. Mm-hmm. A gold glove, I had Nico short or not short silver slugger, Trey Mancini. Comeback player of the year, I had Bellinger. And most improved, I had Sayer, building off his 2022 campaign. Sayer Suzuki is going to be pretty key to this this season. If he can uh, build off of what he did in 2022, he he was good in 2022, but he wasn't – he dealt with an injury in the middle there. He wasn't wasn't a big – Cold streaks. Yeah, um, but if he can... Yeah, know, I think we'll see that slugging percentage rise this year. Yeah, he's accustomed to Major League pitching now, so hopefully he comes back quickly from his oblique injury and he's ready to go. So uh, Should be... Yeah. I don't know. They haven't really gave us a timeline, but I'm assuming it'll be a couple weeks before he's back. I know he's taking live... Or he's playing minor league games right now. Yeah, he's... Uh, but that, that's really good considering just a few weeks ago it was like, um, you know, he might be out till May. But now he's taking minor league games, so that's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, if he can get back and build on that, I think I, you know, and if he can kind of live up more up to his potential and get closer to that 21 or uh, 20 homer um, area and all that, um I think I'd have the Cubs winning maybe closer to 84 games. I think he'd boost them, really boost that lineup, because he'd change the whole dynamic. Right. Yeah, so it's a good foundation is essentially what I'm getting yes, at. Yes. They're, they're building uh, a good foundation. Yeah, they've starting out kind of smaller and then just improving each and every year or half year. Yeah. They are they're starting on defense and pitching and kind of working out from there. Think of like the Phillies but in reverse. It's basically what we're doing here. It's going to be interesting though, and we'll talk all about this later. They got a lot of free agents coming, so going to be right back at this next winter. But that's for another time. Right. Yeah, we'll save it. But for now, I guess that's all we really got to talk about here. So that will conclude this episode. 
we will um we gotta talk about our new schedule now. So Yes. Very exciting news. Yes. It's better for us and better for the listeners. So from now on we will be doing weekly episodes instead of every single series as that can screw up the schedule a lot and just get kind of tiring and I don't know not everybody wants to listen every three days so every weekend minus the days that we can't do it there will be a new episode so rather than uh two 20 minute episodes or whatever every week there will be one 30 minute maybe episode every week however long it takes us so all around it's just better for everybody yeah and then uh we'll also be starting a new uh instagram account associated with the podcast yes we are now on instagram by the time this episode is up our Instagram page will be made, and we'll have a post on there about this episode being out, and hopefully we can grow that page. Um, not, I don't think we'll get it to the extent that our personal Cubs pages have made, but we're looking to grow this podcast some, so hopefully we do get to grow more. Yeah, um, aggressive expansion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aggressive yeah. expansion. Aggressive expansion. Thinking of that. Yeah. Never mind. All right. Um, anyway, I think that about wraps it up for this one. Yeah. So, our next episode, let me check the calendar here. Obviously, opening day is, well, when this is out, it'll be today. So, Thursday, we're not going to. We're recording every Fridays or Saturday, every Friday, so episodes will usually be out Saturdays, but obviously since the season's just starting, there won't be one this Saturday, so look for April 8th to be the first episode of the 2023 season. Yes, it will be a lot of fun. Yes, it will, now that we have a set schedule. Yep, that'll be that much better. All right. Yeah, so go follow the Instagram page. Yep, And we don't know what the at is for that yet, so... That's... You'll know. It'll just be... It'll be the Cubs Win Podcast, so at... Yeah. No space or no dot or underscores, just straight up the Cubs Win Podcast. Yes, we'll. Yeah, it'll. it'll this will all be made clear by the time this episode is up. It doesn't exist yet, so. Yeah. Anyway, until then, until next time, guys. Yep. Goodbye. See you on Instagram, hopefully, and Spotify or whatever platform you use to listen to. So we'll see you in almost a week, yep. or over a Goodbye. week. Goodbye. Goodbye.